Opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad. Chad, I got some movie titles for you. Okay. Um, tell me which of these you want to see the most. Uh, Cocaine Bear, Meth Gator, LSD Lizard, Marijuana Conda, Heroin Porcupine, hashtag don't share the needles, Fentanyl Sharknado, Nicotine Camel, Bath Salts for Bonzo, Alcohol Dad, <laughs> Angel Dust Animals, parentheses, Avengers scale movie. So I know at least one of those is real. Two of those are I'm real. I'm assuming the others are not. I wrote the rest. I like the one with the porcupine. Heroin Porcupine is maybe my favorite, but I get the I most see that. laughs from Alcohol Dad. Alcohol Dad is also very good. Um, Alcohol Dad, I put into an AI to generate the movie poster. Um, I got this great picture of this sad man holding his sad daughter, but they're also like both drinking beers. Oh my god. That's pretty good. I love that That's style good. too. Got this like almost surreal washed out like like they're in a it's like bar lighting. <laughs> it kind of is. Fantastic. Well, that was uh, how productive my week was. I came up with those titles for a joke. You know what? And I laughed, so it was a good it was time well spent. I appreciate the effort. I got I, I got a couple things to talk about today. Um the first one Cameron is I'm I'm working on a, a song there's a contest right like my vocal coach his whole thing they're doing this big contest there's judges I've entered I'm written a song I'm recording it I'm, I'm doing the work um typically my process for recording is to care a lot less than I do right now and it's great because I know I'm going to produce it and I know I'm going to do like multiple layers and just kind of fix things as I go and also no one's going to listen to it so it doesn't matter if it's good this is different, and so the process has been a lot more stressful and second-guessy, and, like, I recorded for an hour today and kept maybe, like, four lines, and the rest just kind of pissed me off. And I'm wondering if you've ever experienced, like, that, because you, I, I know you've done commissioned art for people. Like, is the experience of doing that that much different from you just drawing for fun for yourself? Like, do you, do you struggle with uh, basically fighting your own um, ego and whatever the opposite of ego is that makes you feel like you don't have one because you're worthless? Uh, it definitely depends on what the goal of the piece is. If someone commissions me with a vague idea and they say, I just want you to do it, then I can take the reins and do it like normal. Uh, I think actually the most recent commission work I did, someone came to me and they, they said uh, they wanted a comic done and they gave me the script and they storyboarded it already. And they're like, okay, I just want this filled out pretty much, right? Okay. Uh, man, I uh, if I was doing the comic, I could have completed the whole thing in under two hours. And so I quoted them based on that work. This was like an eight-hour constant oh, no. back and forth. Uh, there was like difference of hours. So I would do work send him the proof and say, is this what you mean? And then like the next day he would get back and say, no, 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 no. Um, and it, it wasn't like he was a bad customer, but it wasn't fun. I think for either of us. Sure. 
And also he wasn't super happy with the end result, but I think he was like frustrated because he wanted it done faster. So it was like this weird, awkward thing. Kind of like the customer, he wants too much. He he knows too much exactly what he wants, and that's kind of getting in the way of the process, maybe. And what's frustrating too is um this individual I know. I've tried to like explain this to him before. He's decent enough that he if he just practiced, he could do his own comics. Like nothing's stopping him from sure. <laughs> just like he could he could quite literally draw this the way he wants because he's okay as an artist and could grow if he would just practice with it. Um, cause he, he keeps like, he, he keeps giving me other ideas where it's like, Oh, you know, it'd be a good comic is this. And, oh, you know, it'd be a good comic with this. And it's like, like, if you ask me to do this, I'm going to charge you more. Yeah. Like at this point you need to learn how to draw yourself. This has been an interesting, uh, experiment, right? Cause I have my normal way of doing things and I've had to really get out of my comfort zone for this because the song is not something I would ever write or work with. And then like the idea that I'm competing with basically a thousand other people who have signed up and are, you know, actively entering their their songs. And so like there's a comfort zone I'm fine with staying in. And I feel like this is making me want to go outside that partly for like actual personal growth reasons as an artist, but also because I'm afraid if I don't, I'll be too boring and I won't make it past round one. And so it's been really, it's been a really interesting, interesting process so far. Like even lyrically, I'm writing about stuff that like is actually important instead of like anime or, or sci-fi shit or whatever. Like, so I don't know. I feel like I'm putting myself out there in a couple different ways and I'm working on the breakdown bit, which should be really easy because it's just kind of lows and they're very barky and I'm good at that. And for whatever reason, I cannot, I cannot be happy with any of the ones I've done. And so I've just scrapped it. I spent like an hour, like I said, just scrapping this and starting over and I'm looking at, I'm, I got a deadline of, of 420. So I'm like, shit, I only got seven days. I still got to do the chorus, which is ultimately way more important. Um, I was doing some test stuff for that before we started, just kind of speaking it, trying to make sure it lines up with the uh, the instrumental. And the first half does really well, and the second half is... Uh, I feel like the, the, the song shifts tempo a little bit and maybe speeds up, and so I got to figure out how I'm going to get all these words in the spot again. Uh, the whole th- It's been really a lot of work for what I know will be zero payoff, and that's also been a kind of a weird thing to grapple with. Ultimately... I think it's a good thing that I'm doing this. I'm learning a lot, but it's been a really kind of a frustrating lesson at times. Well, I do hope you're at least uh, enjoying the fact that you're learning along the way, even if it's not fun to learn. That's something I've had to try and teach myself. It's nice to have a good excuse to do something like, like, I haven't been this fired up to do something like this in a while. Like, the covers I do are fun. I like talking about the different music videos we could do uh, to make them dumb and entertaining for us. Uh, but ultimately, they're kind of just, like, something I, I feel like I need to do so I don't forget anything. Whereas this is sort of, like, this is the 200-level class where I, I've got to put stuff into practice and then start getting better. And um, it's been it's been exciting, but also very daunting. And like I said... It, I feel like the biggest battle is against my own head being just like, it's fucking fine. Just move on and finish it. Or maybe it'll never be fine. Maybe. And honestly, that's probably okay too. Like 
the the melodies I've got going, I can move to my own stuff and actually use them. So it's not like it's been a waste of time. So this isn't, um, it's not quite the same. Uh, but I wanted to do some computer maintenance, right? And I've spent a lot of time just trying to analyze what my computer's doing. So I can figure out, like, okay, what's what's dragging it down? What do I need to upgrade or fix or whatever? Sure. I think I figured out that the power supply that it came with is just not that good. Okay. And I think there's components in there that, that were in there when I bought it that are just not being used at 100% because the power supply is weak. That's pretty common for pre-built, so that they'll, for whatever reason, yeah. kind of throw a cheap power supply in there. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, I'll just swap that out. And boy, I just, I can't. I couldn't figure it out. I I don't know how to completely disassemble this case in order to get up to the, like, backing. Because all the the power cords, they're, like, woven into the fucking metal. Like, it's it's a joke. Oh, weird. It's super weird. And I, I'm afraid of breaking it at this point. And so in the process of doing this, I did like kind of pull out the old power supply enough to clean under it. And I think there was like a dust blockage. And so cleaning that out seems to have helped. And now my computer's quieter and it's running better. So it's probably just overheating. Oh, yeah, that, that can also be a... Um, a, a factor. I still wanted the stronger one, though. So now I'm in this thing where it's like the whole reason I bought this particular case was because it's so big it'll be easier to work with so i can do upgrades and it's like oh i can't upgrade anything and i'm getting really tired of this <laughs> with my computers because i would rather just piecemeal upgrade over the years as i as you know as stuff comes up and every time it's like oh yeah you, you you're the whole motherboard like it's not compatible with anything you need a whole new motherboard and if you're getting a new motherboard you need a new thing here and it's like okay just i give up I um I haven't had to mess with computer parts in quite a while, which is good because it's never fun. It's I know not people fun. that they they it's their job or whatever, and I guess good for them. Um, I I did build my computer. It was uh I think a kit. I bought the parts. Most of them came together. A few of them didn't. I had to pick those out. I know Joe's done that with I think his last computer. Him Tim came over and they put that together. Um, I'm going to get his old one at some point. I just need to wipe the hard drive and basically just move and start over. And I'm happy about that because I don't have to do anything other than software. <laughs> and I don't have to break it. I don't have to be scared about putting thermal paste down. I can do it. I've I've swapped power supplies out before a couple times. But it's it's so... It's like the least fun thing I could do that day. And it's the thing I have to do. It's so work. So I definitely feel you there. But going back to your story about your your practicing singing and recording and stuff, it it was a learning experience. I learned a lot about power supplies. <laughs> yep, yep. So as frustrating as this was, um, my computer's not broken, and I did come away learning something. So I'm holding on to that part. There you go. I, w- I was curious just because I know... Obviously, you know, our, our, the, the, the artistic and pursuits we have are, are, are somewhat different most of the time. But I feel like a lot of the struggles um, and sometimes even the mindsets can be very similar from uh, medium to medium. It's just, you know, the execution is different. 
which is why I was curious and, and wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, it, it is and like, it isn't. <laughs> when I have to edit audio at work versus when I have to edit it at home, like I do a better job at work because I'm being paid for it. It's funny too. I uh, I got my Warcraft channel set up, and the next video I'm doing, it's pretty much like ninety five percent done. And I've been just so lazy. I don't really want to do the like the boring, busy work to finish off that five percent. Oh sure. And it's like, well, it's not really time sensitive. Like this is kind of evergreen content, so I can just sit on it. And it's like, it may maybe it's been a month since I last uploaded, and it's like I. I should probably like motivate myself a bit and just finish it. I always feel good when something's done. It's a, it's kind of funny, like the cutting corners versus being passionate about whatever you're doing, right? Because there's always that like dividing line. I know um the one video I did where I was mixing vocals, I was trying really hard to be as useful as I could with that. But at a certain point, it was like, boy, I've put X amount of hours into this. I don't want to work on it anymore because it's not really worth the effort. It's kind of a vanity project. How can I, you know, get this out as fast as possible? And there's some other like tutorial style things I kind of want to do uh, in the future. And it, it, it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to do this, but how can I do this smart so I don't spend more than like two weekends working on it? You know what else I want to do? And some like I, I love my shit posts, right? And the best shit posts don't waste your time. So that brevity makes it easier to make them, you know? Yeah. But sometimes I really want to do something that would just be like way too long. And uh just today I was watching a video. Oh, it had the most obnoxious title. It was like Why do people hate woke characters? And I still don't know why it was titled that, because most of the, the video was just complaining about, um, like, they're, they're going to do a new movie based on, on Rey from Star Wars. I saw that headline, and I cringed a little bit, but not enough to, like, hurt myself, so I figure maybe it won't be that bad. I mean, it doesn't have to be bad. I, I don't know, but it's just, what, what confuses me is, like, I don't, I didn't see anyone refer to Rey as woke, so I think that word's officially lost all meaning. Probably. Because he also didn't like really tie that in in his video so much. He talked about other examples, but then he would just like bring up Ray arbitrarily. And it's like, what? you're really upset about Ray for some reason. I don't know why. And it was weird. But it just made me think, like, you know, it's 2023. I want to upload a two-hour-long analysis on, like, like, why Attack of the Clones wasn't that bad. And just, like, I, I I want to I want to play off of these obnoxious video essays that no one asked for, and just like microanalyze like shit in the background, like never say anything that matters. Yeah, for two hours, and it's like I think this would be really funny, but it also the idea of like editing a two hour long video, like if, if it was just audio, if I put up like an audio podcast, then I could probably record that on myself and be happy with it. But I feel like the visual component's key. So it's like, man, that's just too much work for not enough of a funny. But right. I think it would be really funny. <laughs> it's funny when you're in on the joke. But like, because I, I know I know the like the unironic version of that is when Batman v Superman came out, however many years ago, um, Movie Bob, who used to do stuff for the Escapist magazine, 
I think he put out like four hours worth of angry analysis of that movie. And it's like, <laughs> dude, I could I can watch it and form my own fucking opinion in half that time, which is ultimately like what I did. And I was like, oh, this yeah. movie is kind of stupid, but whatever. Like, I, I can't imagine watching four hours of like angry video game nerd ranting about Batman v Superman and, and being like, well, that was a good use of my time. So people must like it, though, like. Like, there's so many long-form stuff, and I don't mind some of the long-form stuff. It's great to, like, have on in the background while I paint minis and, and build Gundams and whatnot. Like, great, great stuff. It's weird how much of it can be so negative, because I would rather have someone tell me something about a thing they like versus a thing they hate. Like, I'm definitely trying to move more into that mindset. I mean, we, we even kind of talked about this when I was rereading those Drizzt books. And like, oh, I could do, a, like, an hour-long YouTube video about, you know, and literally not literary analysis on this character and why i don't like him and it's like that's a lot of effort to put into like a negative essay about something that a lot of people like and it it just doesn't seem value added you know yeah and i think that's the other part is when, when you specifically point out like the concept of value add that's kind of the trick is why why are you doing this right if if I'm doing something like that as a joke, it's because it's a joke and that would come through. But I've seen some of these and, and the same thing. I love having these long form videos up just for the sake of like, OK, I need something on the background. So I don't have to like go back to the tab and pick something else to watch, you know? Yep. So I just like have something run. And if it's informative, that's neat. If it's not, it's white noise. I don't care. Um, but I'll end up watching stuff that it's like subjects that I don't even care about. Like I watched an hour long analysis of the Thomas the Tank Engine movie. And it was very interesting because it was like poking my head into a community that I'm not part of. Because he was serious. Like this is like a Thomas the Tank Engine YouTube channel. Yeah. And the amount of like deep dive information this guy had, it was fascinating to see someone care that much about something that I just like dismiss. Uh, boy, sometimes though, <laughs> you you find those um uh, excessively long and non value add. What did you send me? Why did you send me this? Oh, because furry was trending on Twitter, and I was like, oh, I wonder what I can find real quick to send to Cameron. Well, I've noticed, uh, and this is before the, the algorithm changed, but there's a thing with Twitter where it doesn't matter what's trending, like the top picture will just be like some literal pornography. There's a decent amount of porn on Twitter. Um, it's it's kind of weird because I feel like the website doesn't age check, but it doesn't have a policy against it. You know, normally there's one or two of those things on a website and Twitter's kind of neither. So it's like, well, wait, if you can just upload porn at some point, shouldn't you like pretend that you care or I don't know. Honestly, I've been scrolling this for a while and I haven't seen any porn, which is a, a weirdly upsetting because I feel like I feel like there uh, should be, was... that should have been the first thing. Uh, I saw something the other day. I bet I can find it real quick. Up, up, up. The point is, learning can be fun. Yeah, we should all have fun while we learn. And and make sure you recycle. I'm Captain Planet. Up, da, up, da, up. That's his. That's his catchphrase.
All righty, you sent me a thing on Twitter and I'm clicking on it. I, I feel like every time I click on something through Steam, it takes fucking forever to load. Don't search JonTron yeah. on... Wait, I don't get it. What? So if you click on hashtag JonTron, it'll do a search for JonTron. Uh-huh. That's how that works, I imagine. Yeah. Did you click on it? Yeah. What did it... Did What did you see? Um... Breaking news, popular YouTuber JonTron uses Casita C100 coin counter in a hilarious blind date segment. What? So, okay, what what happens for most people, is it the, the top result right now is this specific tweet? Oh. Where he's making out with the frog lady from My Hero Academia, but it's like really out there. Yeah, that didn't show up at all. Do I, I wonder if I have some kind of safe search on. I know you do on Discord because I'll send you pictures and I'm always getting it bounced off because it like it can't recognize if that furry is nude or not. There's no way I have a safe search on Discord. I, I would have turned that off. No, I, I keep telling you about it. To... You go, huh? I'm guessing that's in advanced. I don't know. I didn't know. The... You're literally the only person on Discord with that feature on. Cause like I'll I'll I'm in a, a couple Discords like where I'll try to send stuff on the cusp of being um family friendly and they'll it'll bounce back and i'll be like who who turned the the safe search on and everyone's like i don't know what you're talking about well, there is that's not an option allow age restricted commands from apps and discord messages but i don't want i don't want them to do commands that, that doesn't make any sense i don't i don't see anything here i'm in privacy and safety well now is it a uh, feature or is it a bot? I don't know. If this is good podcast content, so maybe we'll do this oh, later. No, I mean it's kind of funny. It's like, damn it, what what's wrong with my Discord where Cameron can't send me weird porn? I'm upset. So I mean that is you know phrased that way, kind of funny. Here, so I just tried to send you a picture of a lovely lady, and frankly, you're missing out. Um, and it says oh. bot Clyde. I think Clyde is the Discord base bot. Yeah, says, also they spelled whoa wrong. Well, it, are you sure? Yeah, it's W-H-O-A. In the U.S., but I thought Discord was a Canadian thing. I'm pretty sure uh, people have spelled that word wrong enough where it's just colloquially W-O-A-H is Dis now the correct way to do it. Where is Discord based? Um. Oh, okay. So, w okay. I thought Discord was based in Canada, but it's actually cringed in San Francisco, California. Oh, boy. So they spelled woe wrong. That's hilarious. Yeah. Good job, Discord. Discord, how do I turn off the no porn thing? <laughs> Discord, me, me, one boopy. Okay, so. Oh, apparently it's on. I, so I got to turn it on on iOS devices, but I'm not on an iOS device. I wonder if that'll do it. No, I can't find it. Now this is bad podcasting content. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Try again. Oh, no. Putting you on the spot. I don't even care what it is. I'll have to find that picture again. I'm so glad my parents don't listen to this show or anybody. That's not true. I know people who listen to the show. Hi, Alex and Jean-Luc, maybe. No, it's still not working. Hmm. I, what the fuck? Do, do, you, do you follow Meat Canyon? No. 
Uh, he has a podcast. It it's funny too. Their podcast. It's literally just it, the two of them are friends, and so they talk about whatever they want to for an hour. And I realized that that's actually a format I really like. Like it's not just fun to do, but I listen to more than one podcast that's formatted this way. What was my point? Oh yeah. Um, he he draws like the most vulgar shit, and it's like intentionally like weird body horror, gross sex jokes and stuff. And he he was talking about how, like, he just he can't get his mom to not look at his cartoons. Oh no! And so part of him is just knowing at all times that okay, I'm gonna upload this, and the next day, you know, the next time I see my mom, she's gonna be like, like, now I didn't appreciate that last cartoon. <laughs> Uh, but he he went on to point out. Apparently, she has her own podcast. Oh, oh boy! And he was saying how weird it was because it's this old lady doing an old lady podcast with her old lady friends about some sport that they like, and it's like some weird geriatric sport that's really big right now. And so she technically has like the biggest podcast on that weird niche subject right now. Is it football? And she has she has ad sponsors. Like she'll 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 ask her son to do the ad reads for her, and he's like, "What are you doing getting ad sponsors?" And it's like, it's it, it, he tells these, these weird stories. He was actually on one episode, and and she like tried to capitalize on his celebrity. So it's like, I, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now, but it's like. Uh, you know, just just introduce me. He's like, well, here's my son, Meat Canyon, on his YouTube channel. Like, no, you don't have to say that. Just say Tyler. He's like, like, no, no. Sometimes it's bad enough to know that my parents are on, like, Facebook, and there's a certain level of shit posting I can't do there. But, like, if they knew about the podcast or had their own, like, that would be that would be some next-level stuff. I don't want to have to put up with that. And I don't have to put up with that. <laughs> I feel like... This is weirdly a good segue into the other topic I brought in. Um, and we did this on purpose. I'm not actually a furry or a degenerate listeners. This was all ruse and act. So I could segue into... Uh, this was in a YouTube video I saw this week. Uh, he was talking about the, the rise of emo music again. And at the end of it, he, he was like... It seems like the concept of monoculture has died. We're back in the 90s and the early 2000s. We all kind of, there was less places to get content, right? Like, like you only had so many TV shows and the ones that were popular, everybody watched because like you kind of felt like you had to. And that's largely gone away. We don't have these big tentpole things. Like everyone I know used to watch Friends when it was on. Whether you liked it or not, you watched Friends. You knew about Ross and Rachel uh, and how that you know how they dressed in friends was was influencing how people dressed in in real life uh things like that or going back further the the final episode of mash was like one of the wo- most watched things in on the planet because there was a huge show but there was also there's only so much to watch back then when that was airing and now we've moved on to a point where everything can be so curated to your specific tastes and uh, your specific, you know, the genres and, and whatnot that you can look at someone like BTS, who are one of the most biggest groups on the planet for music, uh, K-pop. And I don't I can't name a song by BTS like they get they They are one of the biggest 
most popular music groups on the on earth and i don't know any of their music i never encounter it and that's fucking crazy right like you go back 15 to 20 years that would never be the case everybody knew whether you like britney spears or not you knew hit me baby one more time because you heard that multiple times a week because it was everywhere and and you couldn't escape it because it was part of this monoculture and now you can go your whole life without hearing the most popular song in the world it's funny because you you brought up the subject and I said, yeah, we should talk about it. But I was thinking about it and I almost feel like we're more in a monoculture now than we were. And I I think it the problem is the scale of the culture has grown. Hmm. That's interesting. And Unpack so, that for me. So what I mean to say, and this might be wrong, it's just that this is where my mind went when you said, let's talk about the death of the monoculture. And it's like, I thought everyone was on the same page more now than they were in the nineties. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, it's hard to say. Cause I don't, I don't really know, but I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you, you go back to the nineties and we're watching friends, right? I don't think yeah. everybody watched friends, even though it was very popular, but a lot of people did. It was very popular. I feel like the, you know, fast forward a bit. That's what Big Bang Theory was, where, you know, it's very popular and everybody's watching it. But it's like, I, I never watched it. And sure. I think we've gotten to a point where what our monoculture is, is like apathy towards most things where it's like uh, nobody watches Big Bang Theory is the monoculture we all subscribe to. But we do go to see Marvel movies because those are the only movies that make money every year. And we do like listen to the music algorithm like we don't listen to the same music but we blindly follow youtube or spotify's algorithm sure and our culture is to follow what robots recommend to us that's a really good point like on a macro sense yeah i i know i was thinking that um i i think part of his uh, the the point is less maybe that everybody watched friends but more that like everybody kind of knew about it to some degree because yeah, you couldn't escape I, the I conversation think, yeah as i guess i guess the major change is you might define culture as what you consume whereas i'm defining it as how you consume yeah and everyone watched friends because there wasn't any choice and now everybody watches their own niche thing because eh, what else are you gonna do I was like, I, I'm not going to subscribe to 20 different services. I'm just going to watch the same rerun thing on YouTube that, again. I know. I was thinking that, like, I feel like the monoculture is also what's there is its properties now. It's not like it's not actors, right? It's not like the, the obsession with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio anymore. It's it's Iron Man or Batman. And so whoever plays Batman isn't really relevant. It's more, Hey, there's another Batman movie coming. I wonder if it's going to be good. And we're, we're attracted to the property. Yeah. It's, uh, it's largely brand recognition and or yeah. nostalgia. Like everything that comes out, man, are you looking for the new Barbie movie? Are you, are you, they're going to make another ghostbusters. Remember ghostbusters, the, the monsters, they're going to make another monsters movie. Remember the monsters. They're making a movie based on it. And I, uh, what was uh there was a movie the other day that oh uh megan right oh yeah uh, i i think you might have shown me this but there was some like clickbait article about how megan is like gen z's first new character 
in like the I think it was aimed at like the horror movie genre or something. But it was kind of like, oh, yeah, there's like a whole generation that only knows 80s references that their parents didn't actually grow up with. They're just inheriting their grandparents now. Yeah. And it's very weird to me. I know um, part of that video on, on emo music, because uh, like My Chemical Romance and a lot of the bands like that, which were very popular uh, in the mid to late 2000s, like maybe 2008 to 2011, are, are gaining a lot of traction on TikTok again. And they're basically like still these mainstay stars. And Finn was wondering, like, why, why aren't, you know, where are the new um stars you know in music why is it that the big music stuff we always care about is stuff that's really old up until maybe 2010 and and it, at that point the internet had kind of done its thing and and now it was following niches and subgenres and and the the big stuff that would hit everybody started to go away was kind of his point and i thought i i don't i think that's really interesting especially just the way um fans of like rock and roll interact with rock music and everyone is going boy rock is dead and the only good stuff that was is that's around was in the 70s and the 80s and it's totally not true if you do a little digging you can find modern rock music that's really good but they don't want to do that and then you look at these big festivals that show up in the summer and the only people i get to headline festivals are these like really old legacy acts that have done you know put in so many hours like they it's like this worship of the legacy act you're not going to get a modern band headlining Rockfest. It's going to be someone that's been in the game for 30 or more years. And how that's like the the whole mono part of it's the monoculture thing, right? Because we don't have that anymore. And so we have yesteryear's monoculture, which is, you know, Slipknot or Def Leppard or whatever. And it's it's bad for the genre. It's bad for the industry because it doesn't let the new cream really rise to the top. They can only rise so far within the specific like niche that they're catering to. At the same time, more niches is great because you can find that like thousand fans that really like you that will buy everything, which is like what Mega64 did. You know, they're not the biggest YouTube channel, but their fan base is really loyal. And so they can exist and, and slowly but surely keep growing as a brand. I'm still thinking my interpretation is wrong. I just find it interesting that that's where my mind went. Because <laughs> I, I do think um, there, there's a lot of truth to how you're framing it in that these uh, these little things that we can all find, we can pursue our more finely uh, narrowed interests easier. Oh, what yeah, was, I, uh, I mean, there, there was a game. You know what? This might be my glad space later, but remind me about Pokemon. Okay, but there's like a w- within Pokemon as a whole, I feel like there's the brand thing, and there's like nostalgic adults, there's younger kids that like the characters and the cartoons. Um, but if you dive into it, there is all flavors of autism in there. There's like a spectrum within itself of just Pokemon, where there's some people that are way into like the anime aspect, and others are into their favorite game in the series, not even all the games. And there's people that are just into like fan fiction and like a furry element of it. And then other people that are just into like mystery dungeon, which was a weird spinoff based on another game, but it's like, no, that's the only good Pokemon. And it's, it's very interesting to me how you could say like, you could wear a pin on your shirt. This is, I like Pokemon. And that doesn't mean anything. 
Because someone could walk up to you and go, oh, cool, you collect the trading cards? You're like, oh, oh, no, I don't. Like, oh, yeah. And you don't have anything in common. Right. It's funny, too, because, like, when I think of Pokemon, I, I grew up with the first two generations, right? So, like, that's what I like. And so then I see the new Pokemon, and I'm like, oh, well, I, I'm not interested in that. But you show me Pikachu, we're good to go. It, it, it's gotten so big that I guess I can understand why it's cast such a wide net, uh, just because it's been around for so long. But that's another thing, right? It's been around for so long, so it's it, it's like cemented itself into culture. Like you're, everybody knows Pokemon to some degree, even if they don't know what it is. They've heard the word Pikachu is a really recognizable mascot. Like he's been at the Macy's Day, you know, Thanksgiving parade. What you know? Is there another thing that will do that? And I don't know if there is. I don't know if another property will get big enough to be as big as Pokemon or Mario. Did you see the Mario movie? I didn't, but I do want to see it. I'm just going to, you know, wait till it hits Redbox. There was, um, th- there was a, th- I want to, I'm going to call it a deluge of delusionally bad takes. <laughs> um, I don't know. Have you seen any of those like bad reviews complaining about the movie? I have not. I've only actually seen good reviews. People seem to like it. Uh, the the critic reviews. Some of them got really negative. Like, weren't they like really like confusingly negative? Towards... negative? Like, if if it's your job to review movies, can you not recognize like a kids movie? Right. You know, it's it's weird. Um, some of them were funny because it's like you can tell they just don't understand video games. Like they're probably like older than Roger Ebert. You know, there was like there's a part in the in the movie. There's a concept that they have to hit the block and a power-up will come out. And the power-up makes them stronger, but then they, if they get hurt, then they lose the power-up. And it's just, it's kind of obnoxious how simplistic it is, but it's just like, hey, they're just, they're setting up the rules. They explain the rules to you. So you understand this is how it works in Super Mario Land. It's just like the, the, the fucking games, right? This critic was complaining because they didn't explain how the power-ups work. And I'm trying to figure out, like, they did they want Princess Peach to go on, like, an expository rant explaining how they grow super mushrooms or fire flowers or whatever? Like, like what, what, what do you want out of this movie for six-year-olds and their dads? Like, I think I saw a snippet of this review. Did he, like, compare characters to, like, Gone with the Wind or something? There's a few of these. There, there was that. There, there was people complaining that it doesn't explore darker themes, and it's like it's a it's a Minions movie with a Mario on the cover. I know. <laughs> like what? I can't. Um, I can't imagine a more worthless like career than, um. Okay, worthless is the wrong word. L- not useful than being like a r- music reviewer or a movie reviewer. Because I'm at a point where I'm just going to watch or listen and make up my own mind. Because I'm an adult and that's what I can do. Yeah, you can't trust anybody anymore. There, there's no consistency there's, um, or, or you know, there, there's no value add in how these reviews are presented. It's just like a pretentious competition. There's a... So uh, I guess Ed Sheeran in like a Rolling Stone interview basically said the same thing. He's like, I don't know why people read music reviews. You can just listen to music and, you know, make up your own mind. And like a big 
music critic on YouTube like lost his goddamn mind and went on this like six minute rant about Ed Sheeran being just a shitty artist who makes you know <laughs> elevator music and his opinion is really important. He's the big music critic. And it was so fucking like sad. Cause it's like I think the first time this guy has ever maybe looked in the mirror and was like, oh, maybe I don't actually add value by shitting on pop music because I only listen to good prog. I like uh Doug Walker, uh, the uh, the nostalgia critic. Um, I, I nostalgia critic skits. I'm not so big on, but I like his actual film reviews. And I was curious what he would give Mario because he he reviews like kids movies. He likes Disney movies. He's uh he's typically just like positive all the time, but he'll talk it out so you understand what he's talking about. And I was curious. Well, I you know I wonder if Mario is too simple even for him. Or if he'll kind of give it like a it's good for everybody rating, right? Sure. And his review didn't come out right away. I'm like, well, I wonder what's going on. And a couple of days go by and then it finally comes up and the thumbnail is all like clickbaity. And he's like, he's like angry face at the sad Mario. Is, is this the worst movie ever? And I'm like, there's no way he didn't like it. And I click on it and then he is like in costume. He has like a beret and thick glasses and a scarf. And like a bottle of wine. And he's like, mm, they didn't explore the character's depths as they grow over the course of the film. And he was just doing this hilarious bit about nice. these pretentious critics. Or it's like, what the hell are you talking about? And I appreciated that so much more than his actual review. Like, just making fun of that was worthwhile. Yeah. It sucks, too, because, like, the, 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 uh, the, being a critic, like there is a an artistry to writing a review about something and like structuring it a certain way, not wasting people's time, being kind of clever because I mean they're reading it, they want something more than I think an opinion. Like uh, I, I like there are certain like games reviewers. I'll never buy the games, but I'll read their reviews because I like how they review games, and I think it's fun to you know support them and read their stuff. So there, there's. There's that, but that I think is different than being like an asshole about every popular thing that comes along or thinking Mario needs to be darker. Like I shouldn't, you shouldn't have to tell an adult movie critic that, hey, maybe engage with a kid's movie differently than you would engage with an R-rated movie from A24. You know, context matters. I was going somewhere with this and I don't remember where. I think, yeah, I'm trying to remember how we got on this subject too, but I, I think, um... There, there's we're talking about like niches and interests and things with the Mario movie specifically. I found it interesting how it's just kind of a cute movie. And I feel like, you know, if you want to see it or not based on the trailer. Yeah. And it's not trying too hard <laughs> to be something else. It's not man. I every every like headline article about how the movie is woke or it's anti woke. It's like, did anyone watch the movie? That like, like I'm so exhausted. Of this shit. I think the <laughs> I, I hate that people are starting to they they've it's come become so transparent how people try to play the um algorithm on YouTube. Yeah, there are YouTubers that I think I would like that I never go anywhere near when it's recommended just because I hate how they thumbnail and and title their videos. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking mm -hmm. deal with that. That. That I, I I don't want that in my life. It's so frustrating. It it's not it it's not worth it. 
you music get reviews lost especially like, oh, man music reviews especially are really bad because a lot of them are super short you're talking at like maybe 500 words or less to review basically a full artistic product and they they don't talk about anything other than kind of the flow of the song. It's like, oh, it starts off with a really fast song, then it gets kind of slow, and then it's the quintessential arena rock song, and then we get another slow song, and then it's over, and I liked it. And there's no value there at all. It's totally worthless. Like, the the last time I looked at music reviews, the new Godsmack record came out, I listened to it, I was like, this is fine. I wish I liked it more. I'm curious what other people think. So I typed it in, and then I, I read a couple, and I was like, oh, you guys are thinking about this literally less than I am, and you're paid to write about it. That's f- so frustrating. I'm sorry, we just got breaking news here. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Cliff Blazinski started tweeting about lawbreakers. Oh shit. I don't it know. It has what been that a means. bit since I've been disappointed. I <laughs> yeah you you feeling a bit nostalgic for all that disappointment like the good old days when I could log in and be sad right away uh I I do miss that game though there was like a period where it was just the best game but that was like a month yeah I I miss that game too but also I don't know if I miss it that much because. I just don't, I, I play games even less now than I did then. If it came back, would I play it? Maybe, but probably only like an hour a week. And I, I just can't imagine uh, it would stick around. I mean, I, I, if they were to relaunch Lawbreakers now, it would probably launch with a real obnoxious battle pass. And then they'd probably add a bunch of characters that are woke. Hashtag stop the woke breakers. It would be funny if, like, it came back and all of the characters were just, like, anthropomorphic animals, and now it's just a furry game. Man, that would actually, that would be kind of funny. I, I kind of wonder, um, there, like, I, I like to, I like to watch fighting games. I like to kind of orbit that scene a bit. I'm not super deep into it. And it's interesting seeing people take them's fighting herds a little more serious now. Uh, did you see they added a new character? No. I want to say he's a moose. Oh, that sounds cool. You don't um, see a lot of a mooses. Yeah, I think they already have a deer, so I don't think it's a second deer. Uh, um, but it's interesting seeing people kind of take it serious because honestly, I think it's made well. Uh, so it, it was always kind of weird when people write it off for being like an MLP fan game because it's like, well, no, you're kind of missing out on some of these mechanics. Like, there's a balance to this that's worthwhile. Sure. Where's the Steam page? There it is. Boop, bop, bop. Yeah, it's a moose. Oh, strong like hoof, the moose. Is um, the hell is her name? Lauren Faust still doing like design work for this game? I don't know. I don't know that that necessarily looks like her work. Um, I mean, I think she only designed like the six characters. Yeah. Like as a as a charity thing, like I don't think it was like a professional gig, so I, I doubt like, that they reached out to her, but they might have. My guess is is they they didn't. I I, I I'm not even gonna talk about it because I I don't fucking know. There's no point in guessing. Um, I do like his design. I like his weapon. Is like this magical like ice axe. Um, he reminds me of like a barbarian, 
in the way he looks. He's got like the braid on his like big moose uh yeah. beard thing. I like that. Yeah, he's he's a he's a really well designed character. I can see the the fantasy tropes in him, which is cool. It's a good game. We're at uh, 53 minutes. I don't know. Do we want to wrap this up? I don't think we solved any problems or had anything worth listening to say, but I enjoyed talking. Oh, man. I enjoyed our time together, too. I think I was a little scatterbrained. Maybe maybe I should have like cooled off a bit before recording. I had a longer day than I realized. So I'm sorry about that. Do you have a glad nah, space? It- do you get? Do you have a glad space? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, I tried a non-alcoholic Guinness yesterday. Oh yeah, and I was really impressed because, as we, as the listeners know, we're doing our dry April. I haven't had a drink in thirteen days, and I'm at by my neighbors, and we're we're normally everybody else is drinking, and and the new guy showing up for ping pong is, is also a non-drinker, but he likes in a beer. So he brings me a, a, a non-alcoholic Guinness and I pour it in a glass and it's got that dark, thick Guinness color. And I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. This, this actually looks good. I would say it tastes like a Guinness at 90%. It's a little watered down. It's a little flat. It's a little less creamy. It clearly doesn't have liquor in it, but it's really, really close to a proper one. It's only got, I want to say it had like 60 calories for a can. So it's way less calories than a... a most beer and it was it was an enjoyable sip like i i I took me about 45 minutes to get through the whole thing i i I just kind of enjoyed it took my time i I felt really bloated like i drank a beer when i was done so it still does that and overall really good experience i think i want to just have this around when it's you know a random saturday and i want to drink but i don't want liquor i don't want water and i could just grab one of these because it's got to be way better for you than a can of coke which has like you know, 140 calories and like 60 grams of sugar or some shit. You know, it might be nice too. You, you know, those, uh, those moments where you're pretty sure you had enough, but you want to drink more. So you just grab one of these and, uh, reduce the chances of a headache in the morning. Yeah. I felt fine this morning. You know, I woke up and I was like, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I didn't have any liquor. Of course I felt fine, but it, it can be nice to like, Oh, I got to drink with my friends on Wednesday like normal and I woke up and there was literally no chance of a hangover at all because that's usually not the case on a Wednesday um so yeah it was it really fills the void I guess there's a lot of micro brews and just breweries in general are getting into in a beer and so there there's a lot more options out there and it's a lot better tasting than O'Doul's and and you know the the mainstays that were popular 20 years ago because that's all you had is an option the only issue is it's like the same price or a little more expensive than regular beer. So for the most part, if I want a Guinness, I will just drink a fucking Guinness because it will probably be cheaper than buying a Guinness with no alcohol in it. So, you know, the, the, there's a back and forth, right? Like they make non-alcoholic IPAs, which to me sounds kind of miserable because IPAs are typically very sour and I don't like that in a drink unless it's going to get me drunk. But I like that it's an option. It's cool. So... Yeah, my, my glad space is is I got to try a non-alcoholic beer and it was a good time. Well, that is good. What about you? What are you uh what are you happy about? Um, oh yeah, so did um did I tell you about this uh Pokemon fan game? No, I I don't think so. Uh Infinite Fusion, that's what it is. 
So like you've you've seen those like Pokemon Fusion thing where it's like you go to the website and it just like mixes it'll put like the head of one sprite on the other body. Oh sure sure. And those are fun and I I love the fan art. Like sometimes people will get a combo that's really cool so then they'll like kind of proper design it instead of the just the bot mixing it. Yeah. And so people are they they made a game where you can play with that mechanic in the game. That sounds like fucking chaos it's very interesting but it's also a lot more fun than like the past few pokemon releases have been um i sent you this uh there's a timestamp here for his starters a lot of streamers are playing it and it's fun because each one's getting like their own story wow arbok meets whatever that other thing is bayleaf it is a really cool pokemon like accidentally very cool Oh, wow. Onyx and Paris. <laughs> it's just little pincered rocks. I don't know what the last one is. It looks like an undersea creature. It's <laughs> it's a it's a clown and a sea slug. It's um it's very interesting. So mechanically, what I like about this is that there's a lot of options. So you can customize your experience to a point. Uh you can kind of play through the game like normal. But there's an item that you use that lets you fuse two Pokemon together. But there's also ways to randomize stuff so that you're finding these fusions out in the wild or trainers are are mixed up. But also, you can set variables for how much they they vary. So if you wanted to, like, you know how the first route, it always, like, you're going to find a Caterpie and a Pidgey every time. Yeah. You can keep it, like, within ten steps of that where... Instead of Caterpie, it might be Weedle, and it might be a Clefairy or something. Or you can just set it completely random where you might find Mewtwo. Oh, wow. And then you set that to Mix also, and you're finding a half Mewtwo, half Blastoise. And it's level two. And you're like, I want to catch that one! And so you catch that one. And it's like, (laughs) it's very interesting. And so, like, you can have, like, a, there's, like, an easy mode and a hard mode, and you can randomize a lot of different aspects of it that, that are all, like, piecemealed. So you can customize the kind of experience you want and just legitimately play the game from there on, and it's, like, again, it's better than the Switch game that just came out. It has less bugs in it, too. That's funny. Uh, but, yeah, Pokemon Infinite Fusion... If you don't have time for an RPG, um, you can probably just watch any streamer play it, and it's it's kind of interesting. But I I really I actually recommend it if you're in the mood for a Pokemon game. It's a very fun way to revisit the concept with a lot of new characters in it. Nice. That sounds fun. But yeah, I guess that's all for me. Yep, I think I'm tapped on ideas, but I like I said I had a lot of fun. I did too. I hope everyone out there had fun. In, uh, yay! Yay! Good night. Good night, everybody.